0: THE FRENCH REVOLUTION, A HISTORY, BY THOMAS Carlyle, VOLUME 1 BOOK 4, STATES GENERAL, CHAPTER 4, THE PROCESSION This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by Peter Dan. BOOK 4, CHAPTER 4, THE PROCESSION On the first Saturday of May it is Gala at Versailles, and Monday, fourth of the month, is to be a still greater day. The deputies have mostly got thither and sought out lodgings, and are now successively, in long, well-ushered files, kissing the hand of majesty in the chateau. Supreme usher de Brézé does not give the highest satisfaction. We cannot but observe that in ushering noblesse or clergy into the anointed presence, he liberally opens both his folding doors, and on the other hand, for members of the third estate, opens only one. However, there is room to enter, Majesty has smiles for all. The good Louis welcomes his honourable members with smiles of hope. He has prepared for them the hall of menus, the largest near him, and often surveyed the workmen as they went on. A spacious hall, with raised platform for throne, court and blood royal, space for six hundred commons deputies in front, for half as many clergy on this hand and half as many noblesse on that it has lofty galleries wherefrom dames of honour splendid in gazed door foreign diplomacies and other gilt-edged white-frilled individuals to the number of two thousand may sit and look broad passages flow through it and outside the inner wall all round it There are committee rooms, guard rooms, robing rooms, really a noble hall, where upholstery aided by the subject fine arts has done its best, and crimson-tasselled cloths and emblematic fleur-de-lis are not wanting. The hall is ready, the very costume, as we said, has been settled, and the commons are not to wear the hated slouch-hat, chapeau clabeau, but one not quite so slouched, chapeau rabatou. As for their manner of working, when all dressed, for their voting by head or by order and the rest, this, which it were perhaps still time to settle, and in few hours will be no longer time, remains unsettled, hangs dubious in the breast of twelve hundred men. But now finally the sun, on Monday the 4th of May, has risen, unconcerned as if it were no special day. And yet, as his first rays could strike music from the Memnon statue on the Nile, what tones were there, so thrilling, tremulous of preparation and foreboding, which he awoke in every bosom at Versailles? Huge Paris, in all conceivable and inconceivable vehicles, is pouring itself forth. From each town and village come subsidiary rills. Versailles is a very sea of men but above all from the church of st louis to the church of notre dame one vast suspended billow of life with spray scattered even to the chimney-pots for on chimney-tops too as over the roofs and up thitherwards, on every lamp-iron sign-post break net coin of vantage sits patriotic courage and every window bursts with patriotic beauty for the deputies are gathering at st louis church to march in procession to notre dame and hear sermon. Yes, friends, ye may sit and look, boldly or in thought, all France and all Europe may sit and look, for it is a day like few others. Oh, one might weep like Xerxes, so many serried rows sit perched there like winged creatures, alighted out of heaven. All these and so many more that follow them shall have wholly fled aloft again, vanishing into the blue deep, and the memory of this day still be fresh. It is the baptism-day of democracy. Sick time has given it birth, The numbered months being run. The extreme unction-day of feudalism. A superannuated system of society, decrepit with toils, For has it not done much, Produced you and what ye have and know, And with thefts and brawls, Named glorious victories, And with profligacy, sensualities, And on the whole with dotage and senility, Is now to die. And so, with death-throes and birth-throes, a new one is to be born. What a work, O earth and heavens, what a work! Battles and bloodshed, September massacres, bridges of Lodi, retreats of Moscow, Waterloos, Peterludes, ten-pound franchises, tar-barrels and guillotines! And from this present date, if one might prophesy, two centuries of it still to fight two centuries, hardly less, before democracy go through its due most baleful stages of quackocracy and pestilential world be burnt up and have begun to grow green and young again. Rejoice, nevertheless, ye Versailles multitudes, to you from whom all this is hid, and glorious end of it is visible, This day sentence of death is pronounced on shams, judgment of resuscitation, were it but far off, is pronounced on realities. This day it is declared aloud, as with a doom trumpet, that a lie is unbelievable. Believe that, stand by that, if more there be not, and let what thing or things, however, will follow it follow. Ye can no other, God be your help, so spake a greater than any of you, opening his chapter of world history. Behold, however, the doors of St. Louis Church flung wide, and the procession of processions advancing towards Notre-Dame. Shouts rend the air, one shout at which Grecian birds might drop dead. It is indeed a stately, solemn sight, the elected of France and then the court of France they are marshalled and march there all in prescribed place and costume our commons in plain black mantle and white cravat Noblesse in gold-worked bright-dyed cloaks of velvet resplendent rustling with laces waving with plumes the clergy in rochet and other best pontificalibus lastly comes the king himself and king's household also in their brightest blaze of pomp their brightest and final one some fourteen hundred men blown together from all winds on the deepest errand yes in that silent marching mass there lies futurity enough no symbolic ark like the old hebrews do these men bear yet with them too is a covenant they too preside at a new era in the history of men the whole future is there and destiny dim brooding over it in the hearts and unshaped thoughts of these men it lies illegible inevitable singular to think they have it in them Yet not they, not mortal, only the eye above can read it, As it shall unfold itself in fire and thunder Of siege and field artillery, In the rustling of battle banners, The tramp of hosts in the glow of burning cities, The shriek of strangled nations. Such things lie hidden, safe-wrapped In this fourth day of May. Say rather, had lain in some other unknown day, Of which this latter is the public fruit and outcome and indeed what wonders lie in every day had we the sight as happily we have not to decipher it for is not every meanest day the conflux of two eternities meanwhile Suppose we too, good reader, should, as now, without miracle, muse Clio enables us take our station also on some coin of vantage and glance momentarily over this procession and this life sea with far other eyes than the rest do, namely with prophetic. We can mount and stand there without fear of falling. As for the life sea or onlooking unnumbered multitude, it is unfortunately all too dim yet as we gaze fixedly do not nameless figures not a few which shall not always be nameless disclose themselves visible or presumable there young baroness de stael she evidently looks from a window among older honourable women her father is minister and one of the gala personages to his own eyes the chief one young spiritual amazon thy rest is not there nor thy loved fathers as Malibran saw all things in god so m necker sees all things in necker a theorem that will not hold but where is the brown-locked light-behaved fire-hearted demoiselle Tarragne? brown eloquent beauty who with thy winged words and glances shalt thrill rough bosoms hold steel battalions and persuade an austrian kaiser pike and helm lie provided for thee in due season and alas also straight waistcoat and long lodging in the salt best hadst thou stayed in native luxembourg and been the mother of some brave man's children but it was not thy task it was not thy lot of the rougher sex how without tongue or hundred tongues of iron enumerate the notabilities has not marquis valladie hastily quitted his quaker broad rim his pythagorean greek in wapping in the city of glasgow de morand from his courier de l'europe linguae from his annals they looked eager through the london fog and became ex-editors that they might feed the guillotine and have their due does louvet of faublas stand a tiptoe and Brissot, de Wauvel, friend of the blacks? He, with the Marquis Condorcet and Clavier the Genevese, have created the Moniteur newspaper, or are about creating it. Able editors must give account of such a day. Or seest thou with any distinctness, low down probably, not in place of honour, a Stanislas Maillard riding tipstaff, huissier à cheval, of the Chatelet, one of the shiftiest of men? A Captain Ulin of Geneva, Captain Ailey of the Queen's Regiment, both with an air of half-pay. Jourdan with tile-coloured whiskers, not yet with tile-beard, an unjust dealer in mules. He shall be, in a few months, Jourdan the headsman, and have other work surely also in some place not of honour stands or sprawls up querulous that he too though short may see one squalidest bleared mortal redolent of soot and horse-drugs jean paul marat of Neuchâtel. O Marat, renovator of human science, lecturer on optics, O thou remarkablest horse-leech, Once in d'artois stable, as thy bleared soul looks forth Through thy bleared, dull-acrid, woe-stricken face, What sees it in all this? Any faintest light of hope, like dayspring, after no resembler night? Or is it but blue sulphur-light and spectres, woe, suspicion, revenge without end? Of Draper La Cointre, how he shut his cloth shop hard by and stepped forth, one need hardly speak. Nor of saint the sonorous brewer from the Faubourg Saint-Antoine. Two other figures, and only two, we signalise there. The huge brawny figure, through whose black brows and rude flattened face, figure écrasée, there looks a waste energy as of Hercules, not yet Furibond, He is an Assyrian, unprovided advocate, Danton by name, him, Mark. Then that other, his slight-built comrade and craft-brother, he with the long curling locks, with the face of dingy blaggardism, wondrously irradiated with genius, as if a naphtha lamp burnt within it, that figure is Camille de Moulin, a figure of infinite shrewdness, wit, nay, humour, one of the sprightliest, clearest souls in all these millions thou poor camille say of thee what they may it were but falsehood to pretend one did not almost love thee thou headlong lightly sparkling man but the brawny not yet furibund figure we say is jacques d'anton a name that shall be tolerably known in the revolution he is president of the electoral cordelia's district at paris or about to be it and shall open his lungs of brass we dwell no longer on the mixed shouting multitude for now behold the commons deputies are at hand which of these six hundred individuals in plain white cravat that have come up to regenerate france might one guess would become their king for a king or leader they as all bodies of men must have be their work what it may there is one man there who by character faculty position is fittest of all to do it that man as future not yet elected king walks there among the rest he with the thick black locks will it be with the hewer as himself calls it or black boar's head fit to be shaken as a senatorial portent through whose shaggy beetle-brows and rough-hewn seamed carbuncle face there look natural ugliness, small-pox, bankruptcy, and burning fire of genius, like comet-fire glaring fuliginous through murkiest confusions. It is Gabriel Honore Ricchetti de Mirabeau, the world-compeller, man-ruling deputy of I, According to the Baroness de Stael, he steps proudly along, though looked at askance here, and shakes his black chevalier, or lion's mane, as if prophetic of great deeds. Yes, reader, that is the type, Frenchman of this epoch, as Voltaire was of the last. He is French in his aspirations, acquisitions, in his virtues, in his vices perhaps more french than any other man and intrinsically such a mass of manhood too mark him well the national assembly were all different without that one nay he might say with the old despot the national assembly i am that of a southern climate of wild southern blood, for the Riquetis or Arragetis had to fly from Florence and the Guelphs long centuries ago and settled in Provence, where, from generation to generation, they have ever approved themselves a peculiar kindred, irascible, indomitable, sharp-cutting, true, like the steel they wore, of an intensity and activity that sometimes verged towards madness, yet did not reach it. One ancient ricketti, in mad fulfilment of a mad vow, chains two mountains together, and the chain, with its iron star of five rays, is still to be seen. May not a modern ricketti unchain so much and set it drifting, which also shall be seen? Destiny has work for that swart, burly-headed mirabeau. Destiny has watched over him, prepared him from afar did not his grandfather stout col d'argent silver stock so they named him shattered and slashed by seven-and-twenty wounds in one fell day lie sunk together on the bridge at cassano while prince eugene's cavalry galloped and re-galloped over him only the flying sergeant had thrown a camp-kettle over that loved head and vendome dropping his spy-glass moaned out mirabeau is dead then nevertheless he was not dead he awoke to breathe and miraculous surgery for gabriel was yet to be with his silver stock he kept his scarred head erect through long years and wedded and produced tuft marquis victor the friend of men whereby at last in the appointed year seventeen forty nine this long-expected rough-hewn gabriel honore did likewise see the light roughest lion's whelp ever littered of that rough breed How the old lion, for our old Marquis too, was lion-like, most unconquerable, kingly genial, most perverse, gazed wonderingly on his offspring, and determined to train him as no lion had yet been. It is in vain, O Marquis, this cub, though thou slay him and flay him, will not learn to draw in dog-cart of political economy and be a friend of man. He will not be thou, must and will be himself, another than thou.' Divorce lawsuits, whole family save one in prison, and threescore lettres de cachet for thy own sole use, do but astonish the world. Our luckless Gabriel, sinned against and sinning, has been in the Isle of Ray, and heard the Atlantic from his tower, in the Castle de Lviv, and heard the Mediterranean at Marseille he has been in the fortress of jus and forty-two months with hardly clothing on his back in the dungeon of vincennes all by lettre de cachet from his lion father he has been in pontalia jails self-constituted prisoner was noticed fording estuaries of the sea at low water in flight from the face of men. He has pleaded before aye parliaments to get back his wife, the public gathering on roofs to see, since they could not hear, the clatter-teeth, clack-dent, snarls, singular old mirabeau, discerning in such admired forensic eloquence nothing but two clattering jawbones, and a head vacant sonorous of the drum species but as for gabriel honore in these strange wayfarings what has he not seen and tried from drill sergeants to prime ministers to foreign and domestic booksellers all manner of men he has seen all manner of men he has gained for at bottom it is a social loving heart that wild unconquerable one more especially all manner of women from the archer's daughter at Saint to that fair young Sophie Madame Mognier, whom he could not but steal and be beheaded for in effigy. For indeed, hardly since the Arabian prophet lay dead to Ali's admiration, was there seen such a love hero with the strength of thirty men. In war again he has helped to conquer Corsica, fought duels, irregular brawls, horsewhipped calumnious barons in literature he has written on despotism on lettres de cachet erotic sapphic westerian obscenities profanities books on the prussian monarchy on cagliostro on Calan, on the water companies of paris each book comparable we will say to a bituminous alarum fire huge smoky sudden the firepan, the kindling, the bitumen were his own, but the lumber of rags, old wood, and nameless combustible rubbish, for all is fuel to him, was gathered from huckster and aspaniers of every description under heaven, whereby, indeed, hucksters enough have been heard to exclaim, Out upon it the fire is mine! Nay, consider it more generally. Seldom had man such a talent for borrowing. The idea, the faculty of another man, he can make his. The man himself, he can make his. All reflex and echo, tout le reflet et SERRE reverbes, snarls old Mirabeau, who can see but will not. Crabbed old friend of men, it is his sociality, his aggregative nature, and will now be the quality of all for him. In that forty years' struggle against despotism, he has gained the glorious faculty of self-help, and yet not lost the glorious natural gift of fellowship, of being helped. Rare union. This man can live self-sufficing, yet lives also in the life of other men, can make men love him, work with him. A born king of men. But consider further how, as the old Marquis still snarls, he has made away with, Ume, swallowed all formulas, a fact which, if we meditate it, will in these days mean much. This is no man of system, then, he is only a man of instincts and insights, a man, nevertheless, who will glare fiercely on any object and see through it and conquer it, for he has intellect, he has will, force beyond other men. A man not with logic spectacles, but with an eye. Unhappily, without decalogue, moral code, or theorem of any fixed sort, yet not without a strong living soul in him, and sincerity there, a reality, not an artificiality, not a sham. And so he, having struggled forty years against despotism, and made away with all formulas, shall now become the spokesman of a nation bent to do the same. For is it not precisely the struggle of France also to cast off despotism, to make away with her old formulas, having found them naught worn out, far from the reality? She will make away with such formulae, and even go bare, if need be, till she have found new ones. Toward such work, in such manner, marches he, this singular recchetti mirabeau in fiery rough figure with black samson locks under the slouch hat he steps along there a fiery fuliginous mass which could not be choked and smothered but would fill all france with smoke and now it has got air it will burn its whole substance its whole smoke atmosphere too and fill all france with flame strange lot Forty years of that smouldering, with foul fire damp and vapour enough, then victory over that, and like a burning mountain he blazes heaven high, and for twenty-three resplendent months pours out in flame and molten fire torrents all that is in him, the pharos and wonder-sign of an amazed Europe, and then lies hollow, cold for ever pass on thou questionable gabriel honore the greatest of them all in the whole national deputies in the whole nation there is none like and none second to thee but now if mirabeau is the greatest who of these six hundred may be the meanest Shall we say that anxious, slight, ineffectual-looking man, Under thirty, in spectacles, his eyes, were the glasses off, Troubled, careful, with upturned face, Snuffling dimly the uncertain future time? Complexion of a multiplex, atrabilia colour, The final shade of which may be the pale sea-green. That greenish-coloured verdatre individual is an advocate of ours. His name is Maximilian Robespierre, the son of an advocate, his father founded mason lodges under Charles Edward, the English prince or pretender. Maximilian, the firstborn, was thriftily educated. He had brisk Camille de Moulin for schoolmate in the college of louis le Grand at Paris. But he begged our famed necklace Cardinal Rohan, the patron, to let him depart thence and resign in favour of a younger brother. The strict-minded Max departed home to paternal Arras, and even had a law-case there and pleaded, not unsuccessfully, in favour of the first Franklin Thunderrod. With a strict, painful mind, an understanding small but clear and ready, he grew in favour with official persons who could foresee in him an excellent man of business, happily quite free from genius. The bishop, therefore, taking counsel, appoints him judge of his diocese, And he faithfully does justice to the people till behold one day a culprit comes whose crime merits hanging and the strict-mindest max must abdicate for his conscience will not permit the dooming of any son of adam to die a strict-minded straight-laced man a man unfit for revolutions whose small soul, transparent, wholesome-looking as small ale, could by no chance ferment into virulent allegar, the mother of ever new allegar till all France were grown acetus virulent? We shall see. Between which two extremes of grandest and meanest, so many grand and mean roll on towards their several destinies in that procession there is Casales, the learned young soldier who shall become the eloquent orator of royalism and earn the shadow of a name Experienced mounier experienced malouet whose presidential parliamentary experience the stream of things shall soon leave stranded a has left his gown and briefs at chartres for a stormier sort of pleading has not forgotten his violin being fond of music his hair is grizzled though he is still young convictions beliefs placid unalterable are in that man not hindmost of them belief in himself a protestant clerical rabot saint etienne a slender young eloquent and vehement barnave will help to regenerate france there are so many of them young till thirty the spartans did not suffer a man to marry but how many men here under thirty coming to produce not one sufficient citizen but a nation and a world of such the old to heal up rents the young to remove rubbish which latter is it not indeed the task here dim formless from this distance yet authentically there thou noticest the deputies from nantes to us mere clothes-screens with slouch-hat and cloak, but bearing in their pocket a cahier of doliances with this singular clause and much such in it, that the master wig-makers of Nantes be not troubled with new guild-brethren, the actually existing number of ninety-two being more than sufficient. The Wren people have elected Farmer Gerard, a man of natural sense and rectitude without any learning. He walks there with solid step, unique in his rustic farmer clothes, which he will wear always, careless of short cloaks and costumes. The name Gerard, or Père Gerard, Father Gerard, as they please to call him, will fly far, borne about in endless banter, in royalist satires, in republican didactic almanacs. As for the man, Gerard, being asked once what he did, after trial of it, candidly think of this parliamentary work, I think, answered he, that there are a good many scoundrels among us. So walks Father Gerard, solid in his thick shoes, whithersoever bound. And worthy Dr Guillotine, whom we hope to behold one other time, If not here, the doctor should be here, and we see him with the eye of prophecy, for indeed the Parisian deputies are all a little late. Singular guillotine, respectable practitioner, doomed by a satiric destiny to the strangest immortal glory that ever kept obscure mortal from his resting place, the bosom of oblivion. Guillotine can improve the ventilation of the hall in all cases of medical police and hygiene be a present aid but greater far he can produce his report on the penal code and reveal therein a cunningly devised beheading machine which shall become famous and world famous. This is the product of Guillotine's endeavours gained, not without meditation and reading, which product, popular gravity or levity, christens by a feminine derivative name, as if it were his daughter, La Guillotine. With my machine, messieurs, I whisk off your head, vous fais sauter la tête, in a twinkling, and you have no pain. Whereat they all laugh, unfortunate doctor. For two-and-twenty years he, unguillotine, Shall hear nothing but guillotine, see nothing but guillotine, Then dying shall through long centuries wander, as it were, A disconsolate ghost on the wrong side of sticks and leath, His name like to outlive Caesar's. Bailly, likewise of Paris, time-honoured historian of astronomy ancient and modern, Poor Bailly, how thy serenely beautiful philosophising with its soft moonshiny clearness and thinness ends in foul thick confusion of presidency, mayorship, diplomatic officiality, rabid triviality, and the throat of everlasting darkness. Far was it to descend from the heavenly galaxy to the drapeau rouge. Beside that fatal dung heap on that last hell day thou must tremble, though only with cold de foire. Speculation is not practice, to be weak is not so miserable, but to be weaker than our task. Woe the day when they mounted thee, a peaceable pedestrian, on that wild hippogriff of a democracy, which, spurning the firm earth, nay, lashing at the very stars, no yet-known Astolfo could have ridden. In the common deputies there are merchants, artists, men of letters, three hundred and seventy-four lawyers, and at least one clergyman, the abbé Siey. Him also Paris sends among its twenty. Behold him, the light, thin man, cold but elastic, wiry, instinct with the pride of logic, passionless, or with but one passion, that of self-conceit. If indeed that can be called a passion, which in its independent, concentrated greatness seems to have soared into transcendentalism and to sit there with a kind of godlike indifference and look down on passion. He is the man, and wisdom shall die with him. This is the CIA who shall be system builder, constitution builder general, and build constitutions, as many as wanted, sky high, which shall all unfortunately fall before he get the scaffolding away. La politique, he said to Dumont, polity is a science I think I have completed, achevé. What things, O CA, with thy clear assiduous eyes art thou to see? But were it not curious to know how CA, now in these days, for he is said to be still alive, looks out on all that constitution masonry through the roomy soberness of extreme age, might we hope, still with the old irrefragible transcendentalism? The victorious cause pleased the gods, the vanquished one pleased Cies, Victor Catoni. Thus, however, amid sky-rending vivats and blessings from every heart, has the procession of the commons deputies rolled by. Next follow the noblesse, and next the clergy, concerning both of whom it might be asked what they specially have come for especially, little as they dream of it, to answer this question, put in a voice of thunder, What are you doing in God's fair earth and task garden, where whosoever is not working is begging or stealing? Woe, woe to themselves and to all if they can only answer, collecting tithes, preserving game. Remark, meanwhile, how Dorléon affects to step before his own order and mingle with the commons. For him are vivats, few for the rest, though all wave in plumed hats of a feudal cut and have sword on thigh, though among them is Dantrague, the young languedocian gentleman, and indeed many appear more or less noteworthy. There are Liancourt and La Rochefoucauld, the liberal anglomaniac dukes. There is a filially pious Lally, a couple of liberal La Above all, there is Lafayette, whose name shall be Cromwell Grandissant. And fill the world. Many a formula has this Lafayette, too, made away with, yet not all formulas. He sticks by the Washington formula, and by that will he stick, and hang for it, as by shore bow anchor hangs and swings the tight warship, which, after all changes of wildest weather and water, is still found hanging. Happy for him, be it glorious or not alone of all frenchmen he has a theory of the world and right mind to conform thereto he can become a hero and perfect character were it but the hero of one idea note further our old parliamentary friend Cataline catiline d'Espremenil he is returned from the mediterranean islands a red-hot royalist repentant to the finger-ends unsettled looking whose light dusky glowing at best now flickers foul in the socket whom the national assembly will by and by to save time regard as in a state of distraction note lastly that globular younger mirabeau indignant that his elder brother is among the commons it is vicomte mirabeau named oftener mirabeau tonno barrel, Mirabeau, on account of his rotundity, and the quantities of strong liquor he contains. There, then, walks our French noblesse, all in the old pomp of chivalry, and yet, alas, how changed from the old position, drifted far down from their native latitude, like arctic icebergs got into the equatorial sea, and fast thawing there once these chivalry duce, dukes as they are still named did actually lead the world were it only towards battle spoil where lay the world's best wages then moreover being the ablest leaders going they had their lion's share those deuce which none could grudge them but now, when so many looms, improved ploughshares, steam-engines, and bills of exchange have been invented, and for battle-brawling itself men hire drill-sergeants at eighteen pence a day, what mean these gold mantled chivalry figures walking there in black velvet cloaks, in high-plumed hats of a feudal cut, reeds shaken in the wind? The clergy have got up with Caillir for abolishing pluralities, enforcing residence of bishops, better payment of tithes. The dignitaries, we can observe, walk stately, apart from the numerous undignified, who indeed are properly little other than commons disguised in curate frocks. Here, however, though by strange ways, shall the precept be fulfilled, and they that are greatest, much to their astonishment, become least, for one example, out of many, mark that plausible Gregoire, one day curé Gregoire, shall be a bishop, when the now stately are wandering, distracted, as bishops in partibus. With other thought, mark also the abbe Mori, his broad, bold face, mouth accurately primmed, full eyes that ray out intelligence, falsehood, the sort of sophistry which is astonished you should find it sophistical skilfullest vamper up of old rotten leather to make it look like new always a rising man he used to tell mercier you will see i shall be in the academy before you likely indeed thou skilfullest mori nay thou shalt have a cardinal's hat and plush and glory but alas also in the long run mere oblivion like the rest of us and six feet of earth what boots it vamping rotten leather on these terms Glorious, in comparison, is the livelihood thy good old father earns by making shoes. One may hope in a sufficient manner. Moury does not want for audacity. He shall wear pistols by and by, and at death cries of La lanterne, the lamp by and answer coolly, Friends, will you see better there? But yonder, halting lamely along, thou noticed next Bishop Toléron Perigord, his reverend of a sardonic grimness lies in that irreverent reverence of autain He will do and suffer strange things, and will become surely one of the strangest things ever seen, or likely to be seen. A man living in falsehood and on falsehood, yet not what you can call a false man. There is the specialty. It will be an enigma for future ages, one may hope. Hitherto such a product of nature and art was possible only for this age of ours, age of paper and a burning of paper. Consider Bishop Talleyrand and Marquis Lafayette as the topmost of their two kinds, and say once more, looking at what they did and what they were, O tempus ferax rerum! On the whole, however, has not this unfortunate clergy also drifted in the time-stream, far from its native latitude? An anomalous mass of men, of whom the whole world has already a dim understanding that it can understand Nothing. They were once a priesthood, interpreters of wisdom, revealers of the holy that is in man, a true clerus, or inheritance, of God on earth. But now? They pass silently with such cahiers as they have been able to redact, and none cries, God bless them. King Louis, with his court, brings up the rear. He, cheerful in this day of hope, is saluted with plaudits, still more Necker, his minister. Not so the Queen, on whom hope shines not steadily any more. Ill-fated Queen. Her hair is already grey, with many cares and crosses. Her first-born son is dying in these weeks. Black falsehood has ineffaceably soiled her name, ineffaceably while this generation lasts. Instead of vive la Reine, voices insult her with vive d'Orléans. Of her queenly beauty, little remains except its stateliness, Not now gracious, but haughty, rigid, silently enduring. With the most mixed feeling, wherein joy has no part, She resigns herself to a day she hoped never to have seen. Poor Marie Antoinette, with thy quick, noble instincts, Vehement glancings, vision all too fitful, narrow, For the work thou hast to do. Oh, there are tears in store for thee, Bitterest wailings, soft womanly meltings, Though thou hast the heart of an imperial Theresa's daughter, Thou doomed one, shut thy eyes on the future. And so, in stately procession, have passed the elected of France, Some towards honour and quick-fire consummation, Most towards dishonour, not a few towards massacre, Confusion, emigration, desperation all towards eternity, so many heterogeneities cast together into the fermenting vat there with incalculable action counteraction elective affinities explosive developments to work out healing for a sick moribund system of society probably the strangest body of men, if we consider well, that ever met together on our planet on such an errand. So thousandfold complex a society, ready to burst up from its infinite depths, and these men, its rulers and healers, without life rule for themselves, other life rule than a gospel according to Jean-Jacques. To the wisest of them, what we must call the wisest man, is properly an accident under the sky. Man is without duty round him, except it be to make the constitution. He is without heaven above him, or hell beneath him, he has no god in the world. What further or better belief can be said to exist in these twelve hundred? Belief in high-plumed hats of a feudal cut, in heraldic scutcheons, in the divine right of kings, in the divine right of game-destroyers. or what is still worse canting half-belief or worst of all mere machiavellic pretence of belief in consecrated dough wafers and the godhead of a poor old italian man nevertheless in that immiserable confusion and corruption which struggles there so blindly to become less confused and corrupt there is as we said this one salient point of a new life discernible the deep fixed determination to have done with shams a determination which consciously or unconsciously is fixed which waxes ever more fixed into very madness and fixed idea which in such embodiment as lies provided there shall now unfold itself rapidly monstrous stupendous unspeakable new for long thousands of years How has the heaven's light, oftentimes in this earth, to clothe itself in thunder and electric murkiness, and descend as molten lightning, blasting if purifying? Nay, is it not rather the very murkiness and atmospheric suffocation that brings the lightning and the light? The new evangel, as the old has been, was it to be born in the destruction of a world, But how the deputies assisted at high mass and heard sermon and applauded the preacher church as it was when he preached politics how next day with sustained pomp they are for the first time installed in their salle de menu hall no longer of amusements and become a states-general readers can fancy for themselves the king from his estrade gorgeous as solomon in all his glory runs his eye over that majestic hall Many plumed, many glancing, bright-tinted as rainbow in the galleries and near-side spaces where beauty sits reigning bright influence, satisfaction as of one that, after long voyaging had got to port, plays over his broad, simple face, the innocent king. He rises and speaks with sonorous tone, a conceivable speech with which still more with the succeeding one hour and two hour speeches of garde des and m necker full of nothing but patriotism hope faith and the deficiency of the revenue no reader of these pages shall be tried we remark only that as his majesty on finishing the speech put on his plumed hat and the noblesse according to custom imitated him Atiers tier's état deputies did mostly, not without a shade of fierceness, in like manner clap on or even crush on their slouched hats and stand there awaiting the issue. Thick buzz among them between majority and minority of couvre-vous, couvre vous hats off, hats on, to which His Majesty puts end by taking off his own royal hat again. The session terminates without further accident or omen than this. With which, significantly enough, France has opened her States General. End of Book Four, Chapter Three.